listening to Around Comics. Chicago. This is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hey, hey, what's going on? I'm doing well. We're waiting for, for, for Tom to join us. I've told that we will have a Tom Cater sighting this evening. That is the rumor. We'll see. As, as day 184 of COVID lockdown continues. Are you in phase four yet? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're phase 11. It, that means that, that barbershops are open. I, uh, I, don't, like I realized, if there's one thing I realized from this whole experience, is that I really don't go many places, and I don't miss... You're okay with that? yeah. I'm fine. I, went, I, don't, I don't go to the mall. I don't go to stores. I don't go to restaurants. I went to a comic shop last week. I did too, actually. I went to two. I went to two comic shops. So I want to hear this because we were texting and you said there was a comic shop. It, and I've been to some really crappy comic shops in your neighborhood that apparently one of them is now under new ownership. One of them is under new ownership, the woman that owned the shop. And I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to name shops or whatever. You're not going to name names. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But um, there was they a woman good. that owned a shop in a town nearby that she's owned it since the 80s, I think, maybe mm -hmm. before that. And um, it's in a great location. It's in a great, like, downtown area of, a you know, a, like a really kind of nice suburb here in Chicagoland and um, it's, it's always been kind of a meh mediocre. I mean, it's fine. Um, but it is, it is almost like the, like the bare minimum effort put forth <laughs> into a comic shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just, it is, it is like the selection is okay. Um, and, and, you know, but nothing special. Like the environment no, is okay. Yeah, there was just yeah. nothing. There was no reason really to go there. There was no. It didn't stand out for any reason. You know, we've talked about like challengers as a comic shop and and what those yeah. guys do to try and make that a pleasurable experience of going there and 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 shopping there. And it's you know they try and build a community and Jane James Syme out in San Francisco with Isotope. Yeah. And know. I think. More and more in this day and age, you have yeah. to do that as a retailer, not just comic shops, but I mean, you know, it's like record stores or used bookstores or, you know, one of, any of these independent yeah. sort of niche uh, markets, I think they can be successful if you are, are, you know, embracing that community and trying to make it. I mean, I would love to have a shop that I went to and enjoyed spending time there for more mm -hmm. than 10 minutes 
these are not the shops. The two shops, <laughs> not, you know, and so the one shop that see she did eventually, and it's funny because I remember remember talking to her a few years ago about the possibility, you know, was she ever looking to, because she was a little bit older and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know how much she really enjoyed running the shop anymore or whatever, but uh, she had been there forever. And I talked to her about the possibility of selling it. And she's like, well, if I've already taught you, like some people that have worked for her for a while, like I've already talked to her about that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm assuming that's who she sold to. I don't know. But so I, I had hopes like, oh, okay, they have a, you know new owners, they're younger, maybe they, you know, mm-hmm. and it was almost, exactly like, it was, the selection was a little bit better. I will okay. say that. There was a little bit better of a selection. There was, there was a, a, a section for manga. They had a decent section of trades. Um, so it was definitely a better, a, a better selection, but it was like, I walk in and there's some dude in his, I don't know. He could be in his twenties. He could be in his forties. I couldn't really tell. He looks like he kind of got just done painting a fence, maybe, <laughs> and really kind of bored and doesn't want to be there. And yeah. you know, and I walk in and like his only acknowledgement that I walked in the place was to put his mask on. And, and, you know, he doesn't even he doesn't get up from the couch. Literal, there is a literal couch behind the red cash register, mm-hmm. like an old. 70s fucking uh, couch. back on work now yeah and and you know so i I walked around the store and i did buy a few things and and you know it was fine but it's like god i mean just try a little just try a little bit just just Uh, a little just a little and then i went to another shop that is like the shop that i went to since i was a kid and it is like a time machine (laughs) it has not changed with, with one gear yeah, it has yeah. not changed at all. And, yeah. and uh, but I mean, it's a good shop yeah. for like it's more of a, a time capsule than a time machine. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's a good shop for like if you want like cheap back issues of stuff. Like he's got a bunch of long boxes to go through, yeah. and usually it's you know, and he I has a lot. I need to fill in people. that like you know mid nineties Avengers run kind of thing. Absolutely. If you wanted, this would be the place to get it. Um, but he's even got like a bunch of Silver Age stuff. I actually did buy. Uh, I actually did buy that from him. I thought that was new. Yeah, I bought that from him while I was there because uh, he had a pretty good price on it. Did you just get that Nathan Fox uh, page framed? No, that's been there. Okay. I just, no, I've, my uh, wife actually. My wife actually did that a few years back. She had. That framed and that framed and and had hung them for me uh, a while back. Way to uh, go, Kim. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, but I did go to two different comic book stores, and um, neither one really fueled me to walk in the door <laughs> again anytime. You didn't sign it. You didn't sign up for a for a pull list. I did not. I did not. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I was frustrated with. I bought. You know, we talked about. The um, the DC Black Label stuff. Yeah, it's good and stuff. I, and I love the format. I love the magazine format. I'm, I bought this while mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah. I can't see. Oh, nice. And, and the Birds of Play. Okay, that's it's a new okay. one. I haven't seen that one yet. But I was like, okay, I want to get the question, and I want to get the the Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which and, is awesome. Uh, I could only find book one and book three. 
at oh. two different shops. I've got book two. I got to get book two. And uh, I could only you got, find you got until October when book four comes out. Yeah. And I could only find book two and book three of the question. So I have not I seen, have seen the question at our shop. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I picked up some of that. I picked up, uh, picked this up. I haven't read it yet, but what's volume that? Volume one of Pretty Deadly. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's um, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, and um, I don't know the, the woman, the artist. She's really good, though. Uh, Emma Rios? Oh, yeah. She's yeah, she's really good. Yeah, really good art. And yeah. I kind of read about this series, and it seemed really interesting. But I ha So I, I haven't read it yet, but that's that's kind of on my shelf to read. Let me see. Do I have... Ah, ah, ah. It's around here somewhere. I picked up Die, 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 the first volume. It's uh, oh, from our, our, Burnham, our, right? yeah, yeah, Kirkman. Burnham, Burnham and Kirkman, yeah, it's um, yeah, that's a it's, wacky, crazy, it's wacky, crazy, lots of blood, it's Perfect silly and and gross and disgusting. It's right up Burnham's alley. Sooner or later, we'll have Chris on. I, I contacted him a while back and he's like, Yeah, absolutely, man, I'm just so busy right now, but you know, uh, but you know, we, we I'm did sure he we'll big time us, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> Chris is funny. Him big time us, you yeah. son of a bitch. He he's awesome. He uh, I'm sure he's just you know he's Chris. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Every time I met his wife, I was a drunken asshole. Every time. Good job. Yes, Aaron. I'm sorry again. <laughs> it was like four times in a row, and the last time was like every time I meet you, I'm a drunken asshole, and she agreed with me. And I was just like, I'm. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, the the pro high probability of that, yeah, the odds are high. That well, you're drunk, yes, drunken asshole, not so well, much. And I was why? Like, what were what made you the asshole that day? I was like, just what? out of control. Oh well, that's yeah. probability still, still moderately high. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm reclaiming something. You know when like comedians will be on TV shows and they'll have a bit and they bring it to that show and then they leave the show and the show keeps doing the bit, uh, but then the comedian can take the bit with them as well. Well, usually they sign a agreement. There was no agreement signed, so <laughs> I'm I'm reclaiming my bit. You're reclaiming your bit? I have a bit. And I'm reclaiming it because because it was my fucking bit. Okay. So um, so uh, we're gonna start our drink roll call. Oh, for God's sake! So um, and it, this, it wasn't that good of a bit, honestly. It's a but it's a bit. Need, it's a I bit. I don't know that you need to reclaim it. It's, it's a bit, and it's my bit, and I'm reclaiming it. So um, hey. so I start with a good one this. Well, week. let me get. Hold on. Let me let me add huh? Tom. He Tom jumped on. Oh. So Let's add Tom. There's Mr. I'm get Tom's opinion on hey, Tom's out of doors. Tom. It looks like Tom looks really bushy tonight. <laughs> What's happening, Tom? We got no microphone. Here we go. Yeah, he's. A, are you? Uh, you gotta, you gotta turn your mic on there, Tom. Uh, I, I turned it off because there's lots of birds chirping. Okay. Are you on your porch? Yeah. Come on, let's do a panorama. It's beautiful out. I know. Look at that. 
Chicago Midwestern city street. So Tom, we're talking about reclaiming bits. Actually, well, I'm talking about reclaiming bits. So I'm making fun of it. Who took them? So, so if, you, <laughs> if you have a bit and, and you introduce a bit and then you leave a show, can you take the bit with you? Um, who's going to stop yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Who's going to stop? Yeah. You Drink roll call. Uh, I'm going to stop you. I think, I think I, so I'm starting off with a good one. Uh, Beer hater, I can't read that. What is it? I don't. Beer hates astronauts. Oh, beer hate. Oh, nah. okay, gotcha, gotcha. So all that. of this just so you could show that, right? Like that was the whole. Point well, that was the, the that was the inspiration. I found this. I went to to raise liquor in uh in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin today, raise and liquor. I'm just like, that's Ryan Brown art, and uh, and this is from Half Acre. It is their uh, God hates astronauts inspired. Uh, Citra Hopped India Pale Ale from the future. And I, I texted Ryan and I was like, dude, you're huge in Wisconsin. And uh, and I had the price, you know, I took a, a picture on the, the shelf and he's like, that's not a bad price either. And I was like, okay. So there you go. So drink roll call. I'm having Beer Hates Astronauts tonight. Uh, I have some cold ice water. You're back in training, aren't you? Um, well, it's been a couple of weeks of like sort of, uh, slacking off and eating crappy. So I'm, and drinking a lot and I, yeah, like tomorrow morning is back to, you know, back at it, trying to, trying to, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder. I started to get running out. again. I ran, uh, mm-hmm. I ran nine miles this week. That's good. I, I hate go. running. I don't run. So Tom, I what fight. are you drinking, and how do you, how are you feeling as an old man, and how you need to get back into shape? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm terribly out of shape. There's no gym to go to. I can't work out here. Chasing your kids around. Happy Father's Day, Tom. Thank yeah, you. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day to you as well, Brian. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm drinking something that was in my refrigerator. I'm drinking a hard seltzer <laughs> and a refreshing. It's. I like how you say that. It was in my refrigerator. I didn't purchase it. Yeah. Somehow it ended yeah. up in my refrigerator. Somehow at the last yard party, someone left that in my refrigerator, and I'm now drinking it. I'll tell you what, hot night. It's pretty refreshing. Man. There little, you go. little seltzer with some yeah. little booze in it. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, oh Tom, I've, got, I've got some Door County beer uh, backing me up. I'll show you later. Oh, whew. yeah. I've had some bad Door County beer, though. Well, you grew up there. Yeah, I grew some. I've had some gross, <laughs> some gross Door County wines as well. Oh yeah, they're all terrible. Just, disgu- terrible. just disgusting. Okay, so so we have Tom. We're I back. Think I had, still have a rose wine from Door County. A rose yeah. wine or, yeah, a or something? Um, I don't know what the hell. Some bullshit fucking wine from Door County. My it's wife like, is dying right now. It just hearing our blathering about Wisconsin wines. And it's just like, yeah, it's always like a, it's pretty much like Boone's Farm, essentially, like every Door County wine. It's just like, it's like blackberry, blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, but it could just as easily be a jam as, as a yeah, wine. Yeah, you know, like, they're never good. It's fermented jam. It's Wisconsin, stick to what you're good at, and that's beer yeah. and encased meats. We st- we st- every once in a while when uh like for Christmas, we usually get an Airbnb 
by my parents' house just because there's now too many people to like stay at one house. So like, um, and often with the Airbnbs, like the host will leave like a bottle of Door County wine. Where I'm just, like, <laughs> but then inevitably there comes a time during the trip where it's like, ah, I guess it's I'll just love it. Yeah, and you you just like leave a bottle of Malort just as a yeah. party gift. Yeah, and it's just like you crack it open and everyone has like one sip of it and you're like, uh, no. You <laughs> do. That was a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. No. Can't, you know, mix this with anything. All yeah. right. So um all right. So we have a, a book of the quarter um to talk about, right? Yep. Sure. <laughs> You suggested this one, you giant jerk. Well, I didn't. I hadn't read it before that. I, I, I apparently, you know, I, uh, I got through it. I finished it. And uh, well, you're talking what? about Puffin Bomb. Let's let's run, run with this. This yeah, is your gonna... pick. Introduce it. Talk about it. Okay, it's... we're talking about uh, Coffin Bound Volume One by Dan Waters or Watters and uh, art by Danny and Brad Simpson and Aditya Bidikar. Sorry if I I've butchered that name. I, I certainly not uh, on purpose. Um, so yeah, this is volume one. It's called Happy Ashes and it's an interesting book. I, uh, I was attracted to it initially by the art. Um, yeah. I, I really love the, the art by uh, Danny, who is, is the artist, uh, D-A-N-I. I don't know anything about him or her. I, I, think I believe it's, it's a her. I, I think, think it's a her. It's a her. Yeah, okay. It is a her. Um, yeah. It's very... Uh, well, I, I mean, I don't know the pronouns. I think it's a her. It's they a, are very she, good. She never assume. Never assume. Um, so I was attracted by the art initially. I thought it was very cool art. I like the style. It's it's uh, it has a uh, Eduardo Rizzo feel yeah, to me. Very Rizzo. And, and and I think there's even a a nod for that later in the book. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but there is mm. a uh, hundred bullets Easter egg in there. Um, but uh, I found the story a little difficult. Um, to deal with personally, I, I, I felt it was a little impenetrable. It's confusing and, and the plot meanders a bit. Um, it's an interesting story for sure. Yeah, I, th I think it's kind of supposed to, honestly. Well, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't agree with writing a story that's supposed to not make sense. That's kind of silly, in my opinion. And that's what I had the problem I had with it was, was really like, I thought it was interesting to sort of deal with death and and you know the idea of choosing to die and the idea of your consequences here on earth and all those things that they they sort of did with it i thought was was interesting but i thought it was also a little pretentiously written um and that was sort of my my problem with it like i i felt like it was it was interesting enough of an idea and a concept but it, it seemed like they were trying a little too hard, in my opinion, to tell me how important this was. Or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like, um, and in doing so, that made it sort of not make a whole lot of sense. Um, but it is, an, I mean, it is an interesting sort of experiment, I felt. Like, I, th I think that the, the themes and the ideas that they're dealing with the art's gorgeous throughout it, and 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 there's some really cool, weird 
moments going on in it. And, and I love I love the idea of her having to go backwards through her life and all of the mistakes that she's made. Yeah. To, to not make amends, but to, you know. Well, she wanted to erase them. I mean, she wanted to yeah. erase her existence. But, you know, and that was sort of the interesting part of it is like, if you choose to exit the world, you know, responsibly, she's trying to sort of erase any, you know, uh, semblance of her existence so that, but, you know, as she kind of finds out as the story goes on, it's, it's impossible to do, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> it's sort of the opposite of that. Like, what, what did your, you know, what did your existence, how did your existence affect other people? It's a um, terrible life. It's a terrible life. It's a horrible life. Oh, horrible <laughs> it's life and, and a bird skull, you know, yeah. things following. Vulture, yeah, vulture-headed. What a great character design, by the way. Yeah, oh, I, I, he's probably the most interesting character in the book because, yeah. uh, you know, you don't really know what um, he represents. You know, is, is it literal? Is it her own, you know, sort of like expectations you know i think it i think it took a big swing i think this book takes a big swing and, and, and it's a real like hard attempt at something grand mm -hmm. um and i think it you know it did pretty well I i'm okay I, I would i would rather i would rather see the big swing and the 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 for a baseball analogy the the big swing and the and the foul tip than the you know the, the checkup bunt that we see in a lot of a lot of comics. You know the safe play. No, absolutely. I, I and that's why I, I think it's it's um, you know if I were to grade it, I'd probably give it like a B or something, just because I don't think it it. I think it could have easily been great um, with a little more of a comprehensive story, with a little more if it just it. Mm -hmm. and, this it reminded me. It reminds me a little bit of like um, of of Shakespeare. Okay. And that you read it and you're like, I don't get it. Like <laughs> you know, there's something there, but then like a pro it, with Shakespeare, it's like when you see it live, even if you don't understand all the words, you understand what's happening. Yeah. You, but I don't feel like you don't have the benefit of that here. So right. you're just stuck with like the like. I think I know what's happening. But not really. And the way everyone's talking makes it hard for me to totally get what's going on. So I feel like it's like there's something there, but I found it pretty impenetrable. Like, yeah. just hard to like, hard to, uh, hard to figure out why things were happening sometimes. It is so big on atmosphere. Yeah, and and setting, kind of setting a tone, and I think that tone was so, so much of of what was driving it, and it was, I mean, it was absolutely art driven. It's Danny's art is is the star of this, and so you're oh, yeah. writing along with it, and that's I was kind of okay with that. Um, yeah, it's you know, and I was thinking like like tone wise, what did it remind me of? And it's like it's kind of like a, a twenty nineteen version of like Midnight Nation, you know, in a way, which was kind of hard to follow, but had the really dark, dark tone 
to it, but uh, was much more straightforward than this. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember Midnight Nation. I, I mean, I don't. Uh, Straczynski. Yeah, I know. I remember the book. I'm just trying to remember the story. But, mm-hmm. um, no, I, like I said, it, it's, it's obviously, you know, the people that made it have skill. Oh yeah, you know, it's a skillfully made book. I think it's just sort of like, like I said. I think they just reached a little too far, maybe, and it's and it's a process. Like this is the in between, you know, like three books from now, whatever this guy writes may be amazing. You know, it's just not quite, in my opinion, just not quite put together yet. Mm-hmm. Like as good as it could be. This is kind of the Reservoir Dogs before the Pulp Fiction. Or oh, the... don't dare say that. Reservoir Dogs <laughs> is a masterpiece. What are you talking about? The locks, lock, stock, and uh, Two Smoking Barrels before uh, uh, what was Richie's second movie? The, uh... No, this would be like a student film, you know, oh, okay. not, before, you know, is lock, stock, and, you know, quit making analogies. Before Got Snatch. Quit, yeah. Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just shut up then. No, <laughs> just, just shut up. No. I like it. it was, hey man, it was the worst. It, it's worth the sixteen bucks. Uh, like I said, I I enjoyed it. It was it was a different kind of thing. It just was a little different. You know, it took me a lot of effort to get through it because I'm just like, okay, I don't. You well, know. apparently, because it's been three freaking months. <laughs> Yeah, well, I you know when I don't when something doesn't grab me, it's hard to go through. Like it's hard yeah. to to sort of uh, you know wait. Look, look at Tom. I think he's caught a a uh, golden finch or a uh, yellow I'm just, blade. I'm just watching the fireflies, guys. I, I, <laughs> I love, I, by the way, I love the bird soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> just the birds in the background. It's, it's very soothing. <laughs> Tom's enjoying summer a little. You have, you have, we have. I have not seen a whitening bug yet. Oh, there's so many out here. It's great. Do you know what Wauwatosa means? Lightning bug. It means lightning bug in Indian. Ah. Yeah, it was the. So it's, it's the Indian term for firefly. Wow. I don't. Man, I don't know what I would have done if I tried to read this book in single issues. I would have been like, what, I have, what I, happened? That's how I read it. I've, I've got it in single issues. Really? I could, uh, man, I had a hard time. I had yeah. a hard time. Yeah, I would have had to go back like to the first issue four times just to go, that's, wait a minute, where? What? what I read it like four times because I kept, every time I'd get a new issue, I'd be like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I mean, I respect the adherence to the idea of uh, enter late and leave early, you know, as far as like storytelling goes. You know, like drop you right into it. I feel like they dropped you perhaps a little too far into it. We're kind of, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something like that's happening here. Mm-hmm. And I find my, I'm a pretty, I'm a, uh, I have pretty good reading comprehension skills. So <laughs> when, that, when that happens, I'm always like, I think something's, something's happening here where I'm not quite piecing it all together. Well, that is the weird thing sometimes when you read something like this. It's like, okay, am I just dumb? Do I not? Yeah, do I, I've read a lot of stuff. I don't understand 
you know, am I just not getting some of something here? Now, you guys know how I feel like 90% of the time. But, uh, <laughs> I don't understand this. What's happening? I don't understand. You're a little left behind here, guys. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll give it the, uh, the, the thumb neutral. Well, like I said, I mean, because it was a big swing and it, it maybe didn't hit a, hit it out of the park. I still think it's, you know, it's a, it's an interesting worthwhile. Yeah. You know, time spent, but it, it's not an easy read. Just, you know, you, I think one of the things that I've, I've come to realize a lot of times with stories now is, is like you were saying, Tom, am I missing something? And when I get that feeling now, I just go, you know what? I'm just going to keep reading. I'm just going to, I'm gonna assume everything I need to know is here. Like <laughs> I, if if I, you know what I mean, like if I don't mm -hmm. need to know it, it's not here, and I'm and it's not important if I don't understand the history of these characters, or I don't. I'm just gonna take it for what it is. Like this page, yeah, the, the last time that happened to me, and we were texting about it. We were talking about Space Force, and I was just like, "When did his wife go to jail?" <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, they never explained." Then, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, weird. <laughs> so I was like, Did I not off? Because <laughs> I get sleepy sometimes. No, I, I, I asked my wife the same thing. I'm like, did they ever tell us why she's in jail? Like they never she's just in prison. Yeah, it was a weird, it was definitely a weird mm -hmm. uh I used to get that sometimes with um arrested development with that show. There'd be times where I'm just like, wait, what what wow. Like, why is this happening? What is going on here? Because they would just throw weird shit in sometimes, and it it felt right for the show because the show was so crazy. But mm -hmm. I would be like, "Huh? Wait, wait a minute! What's happening?" Yeah. But all right. Well, well, whose turn is it for our next uh, group read? I don't know. You one of you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, want, I, I have don't... to. I I don't have one off the top of my off the top of my head. I have a few potential. I have something that's relevant. We've already talked All about right, it. You go. And I, it should be should be easy to get. The old guard. The uh listen, Greg's never coming back to you, Chris. No matter how many times you promote his work. <laughs> you can't let him go. It's a Greg Rucka book, guys. <laughs> Greg Rucka. Uh, the Old Guard, book one, Opening Fire. Uh, this is an uh, upcoming Netflix series. I think it uh, debuts here in a couple weeks. I think I read it already, but... Uh, I, is I, it out already? I think I did. I think I read it already. Oh, but you read okay. it already? Okay, well, you may already have it. So, uh, Tom, you can probably uh, find that at your, your neighborhood library. or your. I just checked it out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> already read. Is already it? read it. It's all right. Nice. We will we will yeah. talk about that uh, maybe in less than three months. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Let's not let's not rush ourselves. <laughs> I mean, it is a whole six issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't have to like. Yeah, mm. all right. It just so means we have to pick another one afterwards. Yeah, I know. So, Tom, you're up. You're up now. Okay, you're on the clock. All right, guys. I'll have be ready in three months. Yeah. How about that brewer? How about that Brewers draft? Oh, I barely paid. I barely paid attention to it. It was good. They did. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, There's not going to be any baseball this year. No. 
It's, it's just not going to happen. My buddy who, uh, uh, with my next door neighbor, uh, he works for the Bucks and uh, is getting ready to go down to Orlando to uh, to the whole like compound with the NBA. The Disney compound. That's going to be weird. It's going to be, like, be interesting. NBA team is in Disneyland or Disney World, right? World? Until, which until one? one person. That's World. That's world. Okay. Until one player gets sick and then they have to shut the whole thing down. Yeah. Uh, we saw what happened with the Phillies, right? Yeah. Yeah. They had like, you know, 19 coronavirus out, outbreak in their spring training. Yeah. It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. The uh, world's a mess. Sports suck. Let's talk about comics. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, can I give a shout out? Um, no, absolutely not. Well, I'm going to anyway. I know. Uh, TKO Studios contacted us, and uh, I guess the, um, the people there are um, fans of our show. Guess, guess who? Guess who gets all the goodies now? Well, you know, I mean, I have the PO box, so go on, show, show off, show off your your coffee mug. They sent me a big box of stuff. Look, it's a big a whole a whole box of crap mm-hmm. that they sent me. I got, uh, I got this. Sentient. Now that makes me jealous. And it's like a it's like a collection. I don't know what I haven't even opened it yet. It's sealed in plastic, but it's like damn kind of weird hardcover or something. I don't know. Look at this. It's almost collectible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they sent me they sent me a bunch of stuff, a bunch of books. I I haven't read any of it yet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of this stuff. But um, but yeah, evidently they're uh they're fans. Of the show, or and want to want us to talk about their books. They sent me this. I have Sarah. I I bought it. Does it come like this? No, I bought the trade paperback. I can't afford the deluxe hardcovers. You're a chump. <laughs> Sal has got this stuff sent to him, just in the box. I got it. I got it. I got it. This. No, no. Sit here, Seven. TKO. I bought mine. Oh, you're a sucker. I can't help that. They sent me some stickers. I got stickers. You want a sticker? I'll send you a sticker, Chris. Thanks, Sal. You want a nice TKO sticker? Yeah, yeah, yeah please. And then a, some buttons. They sent me a nice button. Mm. And we'll, we'll give this stuff away. Maybe we'll we'll give some of this stuff to there the listeners. Go. We'll do some kind of giveaway. But yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, I think we're going to have in a couple of weeks, we're going to have... Um, one of the writers and uh, the co-owner, I think, of the of TKO Studios. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Zechun, maybe T Z E C H U N. I don't, I don't know. But he wrote this, Seven Deadly Sins, and a couple of the other books. I believe he wrote as well. So, and he's a film director and producer and writer. So, could be an interesting talk. But yeah, thanks. I just wanted to say thanks to the TKO people and any other uh, make good stuff and make good product. Anybody else out there that wants to send us their crap, you'll probably get me to talk about it. If you there you want to send it to P.O. Box. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of sending us stuff, um, how do listeners contact the show, Sal? Oh, well, they can uh, they can always email us at uh, info at aroundcomics.com. Uh, they can go on Instagram. Uh, they can go on Facebook. We have... Um, a new uh, Facebook group you can join. That's at uh, facebook.com slash group slash around comics. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, our regular Facebook page is, is facebook.com slash around comics. Um, yeah. Whenever we have live streams, you can uh, you can chime in in the comments section like John Westoff just did. And he says that uh, Tom's birds are very soothing. He did say that. John did. Yeah. Very soothing. Very the soothing. birds have cal uh, calmed down, but now the fireworks are picking up. Oh, yeah, baby. Boy, <laughs> do I, uh, sun's going down. We're not going to be able to see you soon, Tom. It's going to be dark. Just me sitting in the dark. Yeah. Sun's going oh. down, big guy. Sun's going down. <laughs> I just watched that. <laughs> Which uh, one? Thor Ragnarok. My okay. Son, That's my one so you know, I have to say, like, watching it again, um, so I really enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much the first time I watched it. I sort of had a little it, bit of it. is ultimately rewatchable. Yeah, it's super fun. It's a super yeah. fun. And I mean, the Kirby Gold stuff Bloom. is just so awesome. The, all the Kirby designs. Oh, Goldblum alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is He's so perfect. Because he's not... It's like he's... He's, he's Gold, just Jeff Goldblum. He's just Joe, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. You find the character. Well, but, he is an alien from another planet, so it wasn't a stretch. Sure, sure. It's Yeah, that, that movie cracks my shit up. It's to the point that I... I honestly, I didn't care about the stuff on Asgard. I was just, it was the contest of champion stuff. I wanted oh, yeah. the my biggest disappointment. And I know that from reading Planet Hulk, that Thor was really kind of the stand-in. I so wanted to see Silver Surfer in that movie. Yeah, I wanted. Well, and you got kind of a Beta Ray Bill cameo to some degree, but yeah. I wanted Beta Ray Bill um, in there, and and yeah. It would have been awesome, but you know they can't do everything. No, I, I think it, I think if you throw the Silver Surfer in there, then you're like playing to the fanboys. Well, not just that, but you're opening up such another storyline. Like, okay, who is this gigantically powerful creature? You know, this yeah. the Silver mm -hmm. Dunes. You know, then you have to like try to explain Galactus and he's a herald and all that, or you just throw in the Silver Surfer. Yeah. I don't see Marvel really wanting to do that. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, I don't know. that They could have could have done it and not, like, gone there. But but that, it's prime, definitely top three Marvel movies. It's very fun. And like I said, my when I first watched it, I think I had a bit of a fanboy reaction to, like, the, you know, the clowning of Thor. Like, that mm -hmm. was, you know, it was like, oh, I, I, I didn't really care for that. Just sort of like turning Thor into a doofus was sort of like, all right. I, you know, I, I mean, I still think it was whatever, but uh, it is a fun movie for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it, made, it made a, yeah, I'm going to turn my, it's now too dark. <laughs> I'm move inside. It's now too dark. <laughs> get real close. Yeah. Hey, oh, you're going, you're going tell, us us. tell us a hey, go story, okay. Tom. I <laughs> said, so, we're going to, he's going to go in and there's going to be like what little kid bloody handprints. Oh, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a little dark. It's a little dark. Out hey, there. what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are those children playing in the front yard? I really don't want to talk too loud because I don't want to scare my them with all my cursing. I'm going to turn my camera off so you guys can't see where I live. Oh, I don't okay. want any. <laughs> 
I don't want to see Tom's actual... I don't, I don't want anyone to be able to like triangulate my location. Uh, a. Johnson asked us who TKO is. Uh, it's a, TKO is a new comic book studio that uh, opened up, I don't know, about a little over a year ago. So um, publishing graphic novels and stuff. And, uh they're they're a new publisher of comics, so I'll uh, check out. Some um, but with uh, with like top level uh, talent, Darth yeah. Emmett, Jeff Lemire. Well, um, yeah, this was nominated for a The Jeff Lemire, the yeah, sentient, sentient. Yeah, they're not messing around. They they jumped in top. and they grabbed they grabbed uh, top level talent in the industry. And I from the from the couple titles I've read, it's I mean it's. Awesome stuff. Can we say that this is top shelf talent? I uh, know. No, no publisher. Okay. Trademark. It's copyright. Um, we're, like I said, a couple of weeks, I'm gonna, we're going to talk to uh, one of the mm -hmm. publishers and writers. So we'll find out more about them then. Yeah. Oh, come on. What is Tom doing? I don't know. I'm That's just doing a bunch of stuff in my house. <laughs> You're just cleaning up right now. You just... I'm just doing a bunch of stuff. Tom's I'm just right. like doing the dishes and uh, I'm trying to find a good location. Um, for those that are listening to this on our audio podcast, European um, Radio. Um, so, how much of Wonder Woman uh, Dead Earth did you get through? I've read all the first one since you don't have the second one. Well, I read the first one online. Okay, um, but I've read all three issues so far. Okay, and it's awesome, right? Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. uh, we really should give uh, credit to. Um... Oh God, I'm dropping comics. <laughs> Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah, of uh, the Cleveland Johnsons. No, I don't know where he's from. The um, <laughs> The Cleveland Johnsons. Uh, yeah, it's story and art by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Color by Mike Spicer. Lettering by Russ Wooten. Russ Wooten's the only name in there that uh, I am um, familiar I'm, with. And I talked about this a few months ago. I think whenever we were getting back and getting started. Um, and I was checking out a lot of the Black Label titles from, from DC. And this one, uh, I was like, okay. Wonder Woman post-apocalyptic, I'll I'll bite, and uh, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's basically Wonder Woman in post-apocalyptic Gotham, um, and she's like the last remaining superhero in like a Mad Max world, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, um, you know it's, it's what I love about these black label you know titles is. is yeah, they and can they do whatever they want with them? Mm -hmm. um, and to have a cartoonist like Daniel Warren Johnson do a you know one of the big three yeah. from DC Wonder Woman is kind of cool. It's definitely a different kind of art style. I mean, his stuff is not your typical house, you know, or or <clears throat> typical stuff you see from yeah. DC Comics. I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but it's got a really brushy Paul Pope feel to it. Um, it's, it's dirty. It's dirtier than that. It's and it's not. I mean, it's. But that's if you like the brushy kind of grimy Paul Pope look 
I think that you'll dig this. Um, Nathan Fox. If you like Nathan Fox, I think that you would like this. Yeah, I don't. I think he is. I mean, I kind of see where you're saying that. I don't. I don't really put him in that same category with those guys necessarily. I think. Um, for one, I think his stuff is a little more energetic, and it's, okay. it's a bit more. Um, a, I don't know. It's a bit more. I see more Nathan Fox in it than I do um, Paul Pope. As I'm kind of kind of looking through here, um, but it's it's really good stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. It's very it's very uh, you know it's just a different look for sure. It's but it's a lot of energy. I, I, if there's one thing to describe his work, I think it's energy. Like energy. Yeah. Energy. <laughs> He's definitely not like a, you know his anatomy is is wonky at times, and you know he he doesn't draw the cleanest sort of characters or that kind of thing but uh you know his fight scenes are great and just in what he's able to do sometimes with with some of these scenes is just a lot of fun and stuff you don't really see you know it's it's pretty violent um yeah for a, a lot of blood a lot, a lot of blood a lot of blood uh generally speaking with like inhuman creatures she's ripping in half so that's that's always better right we don't you know yeah uh they're not sentient. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, it's a really interesting story. I, I like so far, and you know, you get a um, you get cameos by Batman and Superman to some degree. Uh, <laughs> it's kind 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 of a cameo. Kind of a cameo. Well, Superman for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a cool. I mean, it's a cool book. Like for me. I'm not going to read an ongoing Wonder Woman book. I mean, it's just like not doesn't interest me that much. All right, I just pulled out fluorescent black, and I'm saying that I'm that I'm right that that's a pretty good comparison. Well, uh, you can say it all you want; doesn't mean you're right. But <laughs> I'm going to say I'm correct. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's influences there. I think. I, I like I said. I don't. Uh, I Let's mean, go get fluorescent black if you can. I already have. Um, I just think sometimes anytime someone uses a brush, they get mm-hmm. compared to Paul Pope or Nathan Fox or, Oh, I just went there. Didn't I? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just like, it's the easy comparison. It, yeah. A little bit. Oh, okay. There's Tom. Hi Tom. I don't know what happened guys. The internet kicked me off. Did you just go to your other, other house? I just went to my other house. I thought that maybe people had figured out where I lived. I was gonna grab my copy of fluorescent. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere over here. What are you grabbing? His copy of what? Fluorescent black. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I just don't know where it is. It's on my shelf somewhere. It's good. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's yeah, and I guess you're right. It's anytime anyone has a, a really brushy ink style, gets compared to that. But yeah, it's it's kind of. That's a style. So, and I love really brushy, inky art. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think like Jacques uses a brushy style, but I wouldn't compare it to Nathan Fox. Yeah. Or Paul Pope. And I wouldn't no. even compare Paul Pope and Nathan Fox is the same style of artists. No. 
No. So I don't know. I, just, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's an easy comparison. I I, I see. What you're I need saying. you to describe this art to me in one person's name. I need you to be able to. Stan Lee. Yeah. Daniel Warren Who is this. <laughs> Daniel Warren. Can... Is it Paul Pope? Is it no. Nathan Fox? Is it Paul Fox? Paul have you Fox. Ever, have you seen Paul Paul Fox's stuff? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's pretty. It's, it's nice. So I like it. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yep. cool. And I love that they did like a spot varnish on the covers. Mm -hmm. They do like spot. Yeah, the black label stuff. What I like about the black label is that, I mean, you guys remember, I mean, DC in the in the aughts, they were always kind of taking chances and, and putting out... I don't want to call them vanity product projects, but you know, they had like Wednesday comics and solo and DC was always seemed like they were putting out stuff that, that they didn't have to, they were putting out stuff that was just really cool. And it seemed like a few years, they kind of went away from that. I feel like that the black label is kind of the first return to DC putting out stuff that isn't, you know, a monthly floppy, right? Yeah, well, and for me, like I said, it's like I don't, I don't really buy single issues anymore. But these are like, I don't know. There's something about just the format. Prestige. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like, oh, I'll, I'll buy this. I'll, you know, this is something I. You buy one of those. You'll throw on a tuxedo to read it and get yourself <laughs> get my pipe. It's a bubble. It's, Tom, it's really, it's really kind of a bubble bath comic. This is a prestige bound, <laughs> prestigious. Put on your white gloves to open the. The only thing that'll drive me nuts is like when they put it in a hardcover, an oversized hardcover. Then I'll be like, and you're oh. like, oh, I gotta get that now. Gotta get the big one. Oh, it needs to go on my shelf. They always screw you. Yeah. Well, they did. Um, have you read like any of the Harley series? They they've got like two of them. It's uh, Harley and the Joker, and the there's another Joker. There's there's a Harley series and then a Joker series. There's Quinzel mm -hmm. or something like that. I think is one of them, and then there's a Harley jo a Harley Quinn or a Harley Joker Joker Harley one. Yeah, and then there's a Joker one. Yeah. I haven't. I have like the Killing Smile or something like that. I bought the first issue of the Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey by Amanda Condor and Oh, that's. I bet that's nice. It was okay. You know, it's well, love her art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. it's fine. Wow. Like, it's it is what it is. It's 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 Harley Quinn. It's it's the animated series, basically. Like. Which you, know. you were kind of lukewarm on? Uh no, I I think the Lamb series is funny. I was just take like I still don't know was I'm not sure why it need it, they need to say like all the horrible things in it that they say like <laughs> sort of weird like yeah. it's kind of you know but it is funny. It's very funny and, and it's got a great cast of voice actors you know and comedians in it and stuff. Mm -hmm. it, it's a very funny show and I love to me it's it's like I think. Ivy's the best character in that series in the show. Ivy? Oh, Ivy's awesome. Uh yeah, she's cool. Um Ivy's awesome. Uh okay, she's awesome. I, I guess. I don't well, know. 
I don't know what she's fine. She's great. Ivy's awesome. Why, why is Ivy so awesome? It's I'm, she's the she, she's like the weird like moral counterweight in that where I mean she she's it's one of the best versions of Ivy because she's she's evil but absolutely not evil and she identifies as an eco terrorist. She's an eco terrorist. Yeah, it's she's. I've dabbled in it. <laughs> Eco terrorism. Well, I, I love the, I love the the freaking uh, uh, giant uh, Venus flytrap. Frank, yeah, Frank. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, to me, it's, um, I think the people who who made it, I, I feel like they were big fans of the Venture Brothers. Yes, you know, and like what the Venture Brothers does so well is make fun of like the ridiculousness of com you know superhero comics but in a loving way like you know uh, mm -hmm. I, I, that's my favorite parts of the venture brothers is in, is when they're sort of making fun of the idea of a supervillain or making fun of the idea of a superhero or or just all the you know the, what that would be like um and i think that they you know they kind of do that in in the harley quinn show the same thing it's like this is ridiculous the idea of this is ridiculous, so we're just going to have fun with that. Um, but uh, it, the one thing I was fun, like, I was in the one episode where Harley has the bright idea that she's going to kidnap Lois Lane, <laughs> and Poison Ivy's like, "You do not fuck with Lois Lane. You no, do not fuck. And you do not, you do not understand the world of hurt you're getting ready to bring on onto yourself." And I love that they made Superman ba basically like. A big dad joke guy, like he was just you know, like everybody's dad, uh, is sort of what Superman was. But I, for some reason, like watching that, I was like, man, it would be, it would be fucking terrifying if a character, if someone like Superman really existed. Oh, you know, like how horribly terrifying coming yeah. face to face with that character would be. And then I was thinking, did you guys ever see that movie? Um, right, Burn. Brightburn, where the, there's the horror yeah. movie that's basically the the. Scene. It's amazing. It's really good. It's really yeah. it's 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 a, for a horror movie. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of like, yeah, that would be fucking ridiculously horrifying to run into a, a creature that powerful. You know it, that even if it was just like not malicious, but just dumb. Like if you just ran into a dumb Superman, like how mm -hmm. horribly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be that 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 was one of the most we talked about Straczynski past the in passing earlier and that was one of the best things about rising stars that's would you guys remember rising stars yeah mm -hmm. and that that the hyperion was the yeah. that that was, no, was hyperion's from oh yeah it, it, is it, hyperion? it was hyperion that's from uh squadron supreme yeah that was rising stars that was the was the reinvention of that universe I don't think that's right. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I think that's Squadron Supreme. That he did Squadron Supreme. Uh, the the Max Squadron. Yeah, the Marvel, that out of... That wasn't Rising Star. Oh, right? crap. You're right. Yeah. He did Squadron <laughs> Supreme with but Hyperion. That was that Rising but, Stars. But the Rising Stars was like the Patriot or something like that, wasn't it? We're like, having, we're having an old person moment right now. Yeah, what senior moment? Uh, yeah, he did do he did do Squadron Supreme the relaunch. He did. Max. 
Knicks. Yes, with Gary Frank, I think. But that's not Rising Stars. Rising Stars was its own universe, its own characters. So which one had the Superman cipher? Both of them. Hyperion is the Superman which one, cipher. Which one has which one has it where the where the alien baby Clark Kent cipher lands in on the farm and you've got basically the Water Supreme. Okay, and then like the government troops come in and it's like, yeah, this kid is ours. Well, there's definitely some parallels between Rising Stars and Squadron Supreme. Those okay. stories do so I'm old, but not completely off my ride. I, I could absolutely see why you would confuse the two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's like, no, you're just old and senile. No. <laughs> That's not helping. Sounds like you're talking about the Justice League. Are you sure you're not thinking of the Justice League? <laughs> Basically. But uh, yeah, so that was a. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. So all no, those. It's the, the Superman character and how, uh, yeah, and how it played out in, in the mythos that we know is is kind of the, the one in a million because it's either going to end up being some really uh, twisted kid that ends up destroying the world or uh yeah, like or, or, or red sun red sun right mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know you can't or he could be a republican well <laughs> did this anyone ever done that? <laughs> ever done like a super conservative hmm? has anyone ever done like a super conservative superman i mean he was kind of conservative in Frank Miller, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Frank Miller. He wasn't he wasn't as conservative as he was just sort of like patriotic in his own yeah. like he his yeah, it, was, it wasn't like Batman was like the liberal counterpart. <laughs> like, well, I think that's how people kind of took it. Like Batman, there are no liberals in Frank Miller. <laughs> no, it's no. There, there's really like the alt right. No. And then, like, <laughs> Reagan, like yeah. you know, the Republicans. Yeah. So, so I think so, kind of putting the Reagan Republicans like, are the liberals. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think it's like not quite the right axis there. Let's uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't think I would really. Batman doesn't. I mean, he's more of a anarchist than he is. Yeah. Anything. I mean, I, I wouldn't. If you're gonna, yeah, it's a weird. I mean, it's all I mean, fascism, right? Like, it's all just sort of my way is the right yeah. way in any of those characters. I mean, I think essentially, you know, in that it's the Dark Knight, you know, the it's not so much like the politics of them as like Superman is willing to believe the government. And thinks like, you know, he's the Boy Scout. He's the Boy yeah. Scout, and Batman's like completely distrustful of all authority, and you know. Wow, that sounds familiar, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty like, topical. Like, like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Is he? Yeah. Is 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 Batman then sort of Antifa? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Like burn it all to the ground mm-hmm. and, and and start a revolution with uh, you know uh, in a cave, because that, that's no, because I think Bat Batman is definitely totally cool with um the the police state as far as incarceration goes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just wants, wants, 
He definitely he wants to wants, lock up everyone. <laughs> he wants incarceration to be the default. Yeah, he's, he he's definitely. Yeah, he definitely wants to throw everyone in jail forever. God, these are the these are the comics of our childhood. No wonder we're so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, the old liberal is if you it's Green Arrow. Green Arrow is the liberal. Oh yeah. He's the yeah. He's the, yeah. and what and what and what did Frank do to him? Cut yeah. his fucking arm off. Cut his arm off. That's true. Yeah. That's what you get. Soft on crime. Soft on crime. Lose an arm. Lose an arm. You know what happens when you don't punish people? You lose an arm. Someone <laughs> takes it. One arm liberals. If you're not, yeah. How are, hey, how else are people going to learn, Tom? I mean, yeah. if we don't punish them, we don't punish them. How are they going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> There's some alarm going off somewhere where someone's like, people are trying to fit superheroes into politics. <laughs> 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 but poorly. It's like, yeah, since like 1903, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think, I, yeah, I mean, I just don't think that most superheroes fit neatly into political. Uh, the, part of the problem is, of course, like the idea Steve of right Dicko, and wrong. The idea of right and wrong is now, well, the idea of right and wrong is now politicized, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, whereas previously you could say, like, uh, yeah, like everyone could identify Superman like uh, beating up a landlord who, or so an abusive husband is being like, yeah, that's a bad guy and Superman's a good guy, you know? And now it's, you know, for various reasons, everything's super fucking complicated and everyone wants to argue about everything. And yeah, I just like, you know, when people are like, stop making Captain America so political. It's like you're mistaking morals, <laughs> right? You're mistaking someone being like, that's wrong for being like a political stance as opposed to like a moral stance, right? You so stop like, that person from beating that other person to yeah. death. How so dare you like, be political? Whenever the people discuss <laughs> politics and comics, I'm always like, it's just so... Though politics is so much more even fucked up than comics, that that's not like <laughs> muddy the waters. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, this is way more complicated than politics. But it's always like I can't. Why would you make Superman so political? You know, like when to me, like Superman's like a, the least political. Like right, like he's pure, like like moral goodness you know like regardless well, yeah, i mean of whether... well that's anti-political yeah i mean yeah, right well, he's yeah. obviously so an anarchist right. then uh, did, right. didn't you i mean we were we were texting back and forth a little bit this week uh tom didn't you say that you had read a lot of the bendis uh superman run uh, i read the the man of steel the thing that kicked off his mm -hmm. superman stuff and i said that i liked it more than i thought i would and i did okay it's true I enjoy. I mean, there's parts of it I don't. You know, I I I'm I'm dubious of like constant, constant like reinvention of why Krypton blew up. I'm this like always sort of like whenever there's like a new take on like this is the real reason why Krypton blew up. I'm always uh -huh. like, ah, okay, like it always like the. I always feel like that story is so set, 
you know, like it's like part of like my dad can explain that Krypton blew up and like Superman came to Earth, you know, like that's so ingrained in culture that like any new take on it always just kind of feels like kind of like, ah, okay. Like this is interesting, but yeah, we'll go away. What I did like about it. So aside from that, and I, but that's like a bigger issue with, I think most of DC's comics right now, it's mm-hmm. just like a very navel gazing to a degree of like, sort of, you know, like in a way in crisis on infinite earths never ended. We're just like continually like, living through it over and over again in like all stories still, end up still, back still there. trying to redefine the universe yeah still trying and it's like at a certain point you just sort of like okay like just you know you can get lost in it and i think there are at times they've gotten a little lost in like the circular yeah you know like what are you, is it who's the real superman is it I this mean, superman is it that superman is it you know do you feel like we're still living with with john burns superman I don't know, man, because I all this stuff they've done with Superman. So the thing is, I, I, the great benefit to my reading this Bendis thing is I haven't read Superman in a while because I did yeah. get sort of burnt out of like, like which is this the real Superman? Is it this Superman? Is it you know like just this like constant sort of like churn of of like who the character is that I kind of had a break from that. So when I read this. I kind of had no idea what's going, what had been going on in Superman before that or anything around it. So literally like I was kind of like a clean slate to Superman. So I like didn't have anything in my head. You know, I kind of knew what was going on in the story. Obviously he has a kid and you know, like I kind of understand where the kid comes from and I kind of, kind of get what happened to all like the new 52 stuff, but I'm not like, you just kind of roll with it. I just kind of roll. I'm not. I don't really know, and I don't really care. Well, I was so like, like, I've, been, I've been reading Lois Lane, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, okay, okay, yep, yeah. They have, they have a kid now. Okay, I'm running with it. Let's go with it. Yeah. Um, and I, I found his um, the way he. First of all, the, the you know, there's some interesting stuff about just like the newspaper business itself, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> about you know, like uh, the same thing is true. I also read the Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen, and there's some really What's funny stuff in there. Brilliant. Yeah, that's it it's great, fantastic. Um, but you know, interesting stuff about like the newspaper business and like the the fact that yeah the daily planet's you know going under as almost all newspapers newspapers are part of the the first couple issues of the the jimmy olsen book are that is that perry's just like okay we have to fire jimmy and then the the accounting jimmy's the only one that makes the the money making money Because of his dumb viral videos are the only thing that gets clicks. It's like, him, like getting dropped from space and turning into a turtle. Yeah. The only thing that generates clicks. So you can stop. It's like, <laughs> stop. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the, I, I did enjoy how Bendis kind of gave voice to just characters around Superman, you know, like kind of. Um, I think he did a really good job of not making Superman sound like a Bendis character. 
Yeah. Like, you know, like, cause he could fall because sometimes I, I like a lot of Bendis comics, but sometimes it can How kind of fall into grids. Are there, what was that? How many 12 panel grids are there? There aren't any as far as I remember. <laughs> in there. Yeah. But you can kind of fall into the trap of like the, the, the style starts to overtake the characters a little bit and starts to like, be like, okay, I know whose comic this is. And it was nice because he did bring like his talent for, dialogue and like having characters talk and be interesting and like move the story along without it sort of overwhelming Superman. Yeah. It's still, a, it was a very Superman comic. It was like very traditionalist in a way, which was, uh, uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, Have you read any of his Legion? No, I'm and now I want to because I was sort of like, ah, oh, I like this way more than I thought it was. I was going to, yeah, and I sort of appreciated his approach to it. It's weird. I mean, Bendis was, I mean, Mister Marvel for so long that it's it's weird talking about him taking on the the DC characters, yeah. and I think we we always had. The, I mean, if you want to if you want to backtrack to like. 2006, you know, 2008, whatever. I think the assumption was that if he ever came to to DC, and he even said this, um, he was going to write Batman. Because yeah, that, it's it's interesting that he uh, that yeah, you wouldn't think necessarily Superman would be the thing he did, and I think maybe that's a good thing. You know, yeah. like it was, you know, it, it was really, it was kind of a. a exactly what you're looking for in a superhero comic and that you recognize it's got enough fresh elements that you're like, Oh, okay. But also you're like, ah, this is, yeah, he gets Superman. Like I'm interested to see where the story goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, he was, you know, for, for those of us that are old enough to forget, you know, squadron Supreme versus rising stars. We'll remember that, uh, that Bendis, really came up as a as a crime writer and that was that was really kind of where he where he made his bones and i think that i mean you know i think back even to the salmon twitch stuff which is is still is still guys still mm-hmm. will revisit it and it'll be interesting to see how long he's at dc before he steps into kind of the 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 crime side of of dc comics which would you know that's any of the bat family i guess you know that could be you know question uh batman nightwing you know bat well, he does have a couple of nice batman moments in that where mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're investigating arsons and batman's like have you tried pinning them on a map sometimes they look like something <laughs> 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 He like tells the like very superhero yeah. crime solving tips, like make a map of it and see if see if it looks if it forms anything. You might be able to string things <laughs> and try pins and strings. Because yeah, sometimes so. if you put them together, they be creates a web. Hey Tom, I was gonna ask you, you know, because you mentioned in the beginning of this uh, about um you know, like, why is it writers always feel the need to rewrite the destruction of Krypton? It is an odd thing of, like, is that, do they think that's what makes Superman 
Superman, like, like how or why Krypton was destroyed? Because to me, it always seems sort of like unnecessary when when they do that. Because I don't really care about Krypton in that way. Like, it, that doesn't make Superman to me. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. What was going on with his parents necessarily, or what was going on on the planet? Whether it was political, whether it was environmental, whether it was, uh, you know, yeah. whatever it was. But it, it does always seem like people want to retell that part of his story and to me it's like well that's not what made superman superman like that was yeah. just what sent him to earth you know what i mean it's it's a it's i also a, think it's it's like when we were talking about doom patrol a little bit you know it's like everyone knows krypton blew up but like well, nobody knows why there's no definitive why you know so right. like you know like it's like at that God, you can go back and look at all these different ones. So, like, the idea, you know, in the Bendis comic is there's this alien who wanted to wipe out all the Kryptonians. So he, like, destroyed Krypton, like, blew up its core. You know, which is, you know, it's definitely a villain for the story. So it moves the story along and makes sense. But it's like... It's been, there is Brainiac, like always, it's been Brainiac and other Yeah, it's like so many. Yeah, Brainiac blew it up. And blew up and yeah, like there's like a thousand different reasons why mm-hmm. Krypton is blown up. Yeah, it's, it just seems odd to me. Like I, What I heard is that they dissolved the Kryptonian EPA <laughs> and that's what led to, to the planet's destruction. <laughs> just blew up. Um, but yeah, I mean he aside from that which i at first i was like oh god if this is what this story is about i'm probably gonna check out of this pretty quick <laughs> it to me. um but uh, aside from that i thought it was a nice it had some amazing art too it had tons of different artists like jim lee and i was looking at the whole list of it like they really broke out the uh the who's who of superman artists to like draw little portions of it um well, and it was they, they weren't they weren't gonna screw it up because that was kind of like the that was the that was the biggest I guess transfer of talent from one company to the yeah. other sense. I mean that was I and I don't want to overstate it and I will because Sal knows that's what I do. You know that was that it's it's I mean that's it was the biggest no I mean it, nothing it, has it, ever happened when was, when was the last time that you remember a an a creator that was so identified with one or the other that switched companies Kirby sure fourth world I don't remember that no so. Well, yeah, I don't remember when Kirby did it. Burn, burn. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, burn Superman. But I, but even then, it felt like something. I was like, I mean, it only means something if you even think about that. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, to most people, I I, it's, I I don't think most people even realize that a writer would work only for one company. But and yeah, we know that we know that happens. Well, yeah, because they. But it's, been, but it's been touted. I mean, we whenever we were talking about the X Men with Neil Adams and and Roy Thomas, that was Neil Adams' debut at at Marvel, and I mean that's 1969. That's a big deal then. And then yeah, Kirby going to DC in the seventies was a big deal. I mean, and I, and I, the the one that uh, that 
was the first time I like was like, whoa, holy shit, was yeah. the image guys. You know, mm -hmm. when they left Marvel to start oh. comics, that yeah. was the thing that was like, oh wow, this yeah. is kind of crazy because these guys are you know they were the biggest names. Well, who's gonna draw X-Men now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was that was really the only one that I can remember. I mean, this to me was not that big of a deal because I think Bendis had been with Marvel for so long and long time. It wasn't like he was in the middle of his like best work at Marvel and then switched to DC. Like, what was your favorite work of his at Marvel? Uh, at Marvel, probably is, is Daredevil. Is Daredevil the easy answer? The well, I mean, for me, leave. it is. I, I like some of his Avengers stuff, but I don't. I don't think he necessarily works that well on a team book. Um, Alias is is still one of my favorite things that he ever did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after that, I, I'll be honest, I haven't. I can't say I've been reading a whole lot of Bendis stuff in the last five, ten six, years. <laughs> ten years, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a big. I mean, it's a big deal. I think, but it's also like, I don't know. I I, I wonder what like the average comic book reader felt about, it. or like, did it did it bring a big boost to DC? Like, did Superman comics start? selling better because i'm sure they did i mean yeah better. yeah I, I, I would say the answer to that i just don't know i don't know the numbers yeah. so i have no idea but well it's from a story he wrote you know it's it's you know how much of a an npr nerd i am and i have i have to thank you by the way uh for turning me on to brockmeyer and the episode where he does the podcast and makes it and Ira Glass gives him a shout out and all of the NPR nerds show up to the baseball stadium. I was like, Sal was absolutely thinking of me in this episode. <laughs> and that is awesome and terrible. And I took my cap to you, sir. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting comment by aggressively relaxing. Mm -hmm. um, I love Bendis, but since he left, all of Marvel's writers are paying attention to continuity now, and I love it. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting comment. Yeah, um, yeah can't argue with that necessarily. Bendis. Oh, so what I was what I was going to say is that it's 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 rare, maybe once or twice a year, that that comics will make some sort of mainstream kerfluffle that uh, that is worthy of a of a two-minute NPR story on a Tuesday afternoon, and uh, Superman was one of those last year, and that was... Um, that's, from because, that's because all NPR listeners remember when Superman first fucking appeared in 1938. <laughs> we, we read Superman comics in between making artisan butter and listening to uh, jug bands. Yeah, that's... It's NPR. Yeah. Backbone um, of America, my man, my friend. I read some of I read I read his Legion stuff. Um I liked the first issue, but it was I mean it was Bendis. It was I felt like it was a bunch of teenagers at a mall that were complaining. And I was just like, eh, okay. That's that's fine. It's not for me. That's fine. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, the Superman stuff I've read a little bit about. I read a little bit of that as well. I just think I'm not in the like place to read any of of like a mainstream ongoing title is hard for me to get into nowadays. Like just an ongoing, I'm going to pick up this month's issue of Batman or Spider-Man or any of those books. I, I don't really have that much. It's harder for me to be invested in those characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, like Batman different... Beyond. That's a fun little monthly title. And yeah, you find something like that where it's just yeah. sort of, you know, that's why I like, like I said, like the, the black label stuff to me is, is cool. Cause like, Oh, this is a, you know, I, I like the characters, but they're not tied up in any kind of continuity. They're not tied yeah. up in any sort of. You, you you might like Batman Beyond. It's they're just fun comic book stories, and it's I hate those. God damn it! Um, yeah, I don't know. I, Bendis is a but, but yeah, Bendis. I ha, I've had a hard time with. I mean, I loved Bendis. Yeah, at one point I loved his work before he was worth Marvel and. I, I always felt like he just got too popular and that kind of hurt his work in my opinion. Like he, I don't know that he should have been writing event books. I don't know I, that he should have been writing. I think he was very conscious of writing to a different audience because I, I mean, powers is, I think one of the, one of the, one of the great books of that decade, you know, powers was, groundbreaking and i think it's an important book for that decade and i think whenever you look at his avengers work he was writing to a different audience and it was and successful think, and no question and that's okay i mean that there's nothing wrong with that but you're if you loved powers you weren't going to get powers with his avengers work it right. just it and that's i think that was conscious and that's it was probably the better business decision. I don't know if I if I liked it create you know from a creative decision. I would have liked to have seen him be a little little edgier than than really. I think he placated the fanboy moment a lot in his in his Avengers work. That's what I felt. I thought his I thought his Ultimate Spider Man was was challenging to to readers um and that's why that was really successful well you gotta give him credit for a lot of things that he did do he's been hard. incredibly successful he was way ahead of the curve with a lot of diversity mm -hmm. stuff too oh yeah with miles and it's yeah i mean he's he's certainly a, a, you know the one of the top five most important creators of the of the last you know, 15 years for sure. 15, 20 years. That's a, that's an interesting, like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, when you started that sentence, I was like, whoa, top five. And then it was like, oh, of the aughts of the last 20 years. I mean, Bendis is, is he's, he, I mean, he was Marvel's number one guy. He had a, a great independent pedigree. No, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I, I just, like yeah. I said, when you started that sentence, I was like, Ooh, top Be careful, Chris. all time like no no the last 20 last 20 years and that's the thing is that he's so um he holds so much reverence to the the kirby lee marvel 
stuff. It's, you know, my biggest, my biggest beef with him is he never finished a fucking story in 20 years. Um, it's every, <laughs> every story it was like to be continued. Well, and he was selling comics, man. He was selling comics and that's what he would say. It's like, Oh, but that's how Stan and Jack did it. And it's like, all right, I just spent $20 on this trade. Finish a fucking story once. Um, but that was, that was always my biggest beef with him, you know, but he was, he was he held the history of comics with a lot of reverence. So yeah, he was frustrating. I appreciate him. I respect him. He frustrates me as a creator. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he has. Uh, I mean, he's from Cleveland, right? So he's got to have a originally. Yeah. Um, considering uh, uh, wasn't uh, who's from Cleveland? Um, Superman, Siegel. Oh yeah, Siegel. Both of them. Both yeah. of them from Cleveland, right? Yeah, I should have worn my Cleveland is the city shirt that I bought there. Yeah, and Harvey P. Carr is uh, from Cleveland. So it's Cleveland has a uh, has a long and cherished uh, comic book uh, history and, and lineage to it. Trent Reznor, not comic creator, he's also from Cleveland. Top five. We don't have to just name everyone from Cleveland, though. We're we're good. I just I just thought the so he was writing Superman. So yeah, yeah. The creators of Superman. Creator of Superman did come from Cleveland, and and so did so did Bendis. Uh, was that was uh, because he did. What was the Elliot Ness book that he did? Torso. Torso. Yes, he did that. Was he? He was probably in Cleveland at that time. Uh, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I think because that was the the story is that uh, Casada was a big fan of Torso, and and he met Bendis at a convention or. Or at the Marvel offices, and said, "Yeah, you need to you need to come to to Marvel to work." And and Bendis was you know like as an artist, and he's like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> as a writer, <laughs> yeah, he, could, <laughs> he wrote and drew those. Yeah, the, uh, the torso and what was the other one? There was the another Jinx, one. Jinx World. Jinx World was it? It wasn't Jinx World. Jinx. That, that was the website. It was Jinx, yeah. right? Yeah. And then oh, uh, the old Jinx World message board. Oh, lots of then, lots of uh, days. Lots of canceled culture moments going on in those message boards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that is that archived on the internet? God, oh, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, because there's uh, there's some dirt in them hills. Um, some recent stuff came up of some people from, uh, from yeah. The, but yeah, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. No, no. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Bendis. I mean, it's it, he. I mean, he earned his bones. I mean, it's he was he was doing indie comics in the '90s. He worked his way up. I mean, he he earned it. He was kind of was he kind of at the forefront of that whole Portland movement? Was he one of the first guys to to go out and and you know put his stake in the ground out in Portland? Uh, sure. As like a frontiersman, he he. Yeah, I imagine him in a wagon, covered wagon, leaving Cleveland and going over the Rocky going Mountains with his uh, with his drawing board and and um, uh, buckskin notebook, whatever those are. Yeah. yeah, well, you had him, and there was a there was a small group of of Portland comic book people for a while. I don't know if there yeah. still is. I would imagine there is, but yeah, I, I you know Rucka, 
that's there was the whole stump town thing was so. fraction yeah fraction yeah it's once once kansas city got got boring he uh went out to it's uh i think remender was in portland for about six months and said screw this i'm going back to san francisco but yeah there's a uh, parker um is out there what was the studio there was a there was a, a comic studio out there kind of like four star but it was in action man no it was uh jeff parker's studio oh i don't know yeah so anyway um quit banging on your desk <laughs> you're doing that every every time you talk you're like i don't know what you're doing there banging banging away i will Bang. stop Freshman move. So, Tom, we were saying earlier, we, I, like, I actually went to two comic book stores this week. Wow. Real comics. I know. It was weird. I felt like an outsider, you know, stranger in a strange land being in a comic book store again. But I was saying, well, the need to beat anybody up. No. Just like, <laughs> nerd, <laughs> come on. There's nobody in there other than me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And then I went to, there's a place. It's been by my house forever, and I've never gone there. Um, and they come, they pop up on like comic shop locators, but they're actually they're not really a comic. They sell some comics, but it's only like to supplement their toy and and like memorabilia yeah. shop. So they sell like all sorts of statues from all the geek stuff. And mm -hmm. it's, I've never been there, so I'm like, oh, I was just gonna stop in. So I go in there and it's just like it, it was actually kind of fun to go in just to look around because they had just tons of, of toys and statues from all different, you know, uh, places of geek culture. So it was like, here was the comic book section of all the statues and stuff. Then the, here was the Star Wars. Here was a Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter mm -hmm. and, and probably the biggest Doctor Who section Ooh. of mm. like you know, toy so this is a quality establishment is what you're saying. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what any of it was other than a TARDIS, but there was a lot of it. I know there was a lot of Doctor Who stuff, and there was Star Trek stuff and Star Wars stuff. So it was actually kind of fun, like walking through that. And they were way, like, they were way busier than either of the two comic book stores that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have a shot of Chris's shoes. Where'd you go, Chris? You left us with your shoes. Screwdriver. You bought a screwdriver? A son my sonic screwdriver. It's around here somewhere. Oh. You wanted to prove your Doctor Who loyalty? We don't we we believe you. No one's arguing. We know no, you no love one, that. It looks like a toothbrush. The vibrator. Most versatile and powerful tools in the universe, my friend. That's what she said. Many, many hard spot has been solved by this thing. What does a sonic screwdriver actually do? It's a screwdriver. That's it. Yeah, that's sonic. What is the sonic part? It makes noise while you screw stuff in. That's it. That's the big fucking weapon of Doctor Who. It will do the greatest weapon. The idea that that show is stupid is now confirmed. So, it's its greatest weapon is up here, Sal. It's kind of like the question: How strong is Superman? It's he's as strong as the 
as the writer needs him to be, right? It's like, what can a sonic screwdriver do? Whatever. Whatever Straight. the writer needs it to do. So, yeah. And there's my shoes. There's your shoes. Collection of shoes. I started running again. I did like nine miles this week. Nine of the slowest old man miles you'd ever, ever not want to see, ever. And my legs hurt. Yeah, I know. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, all right, so we've got um, we've got The Old Guard, Volume 1, is the next book that we're talking about. Uh, and it's going to be coming out on Netflix. So we, at our rate, we'll be talking about the Netflix uh, movie before we're talking about the the actual um, comic. Uh, How dare you? I'm I'm just going off past performance. Um, boy, I got this this week, and it's really good, as you would expect. What um, is it? Rockets number eight. Oh, it's the latest. Latest latest issue of Love and Rock. It's just those guys are still making that fucking book. It's so, dude. It makes me happy every every issue. You're so just good. saying that because they talk about it on NPR. It's not. It's not. They do not talk about it on NPR. You go fuck yourself, sir. It's not really that good. <laughs> I'm I'm out. I'm out trolling you. I'm done with you, <laughs> done with you people. It's, it's okay. So we're going to talk about uh, the old guard here in the next probably two weeks. We'll we'll say um, you ran down uh, how people can contact the show. Uh, Tom's beard is being bushy. We're going to be watching uh, Bucks games here soon at uh, at uh, Disney World, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. The compound. Come on. Stay up, Sal. Come on. Keep up. Okay. Um, do we have to stay on top of what's happening? Yes. Come on. There is sports going to happen again. Who cares? Let's open the country up. Let's open it up. (laughs) We're all going to die. Mug, this one's not available anymore, but Sal. It's a collector's item. If you want to get a, uh, yeah, this is old school. This is OG. Uh, if you want to get your own uh, new updated around comics coffee mug, uh, well, you can go to aroundcomics.com/shop, which is now covering Tom's face. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. You can buy look, some. Hey, did you see? Look, I had a, I had my Days of Future stash. I didn't notice that shirt on. It's I, this is from the old shop, but. It's very soft. I was surprised, like how like nice and soft shirt. That one's actually not available right now. I didn't put it back. I, I that was more of a joke than anything. I don't think anyone. So like kind of, I'm trying to get it so it looks like I'm wearing this t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, looks <laughs> well, good on you, Tim. Yeah. But who's wearing the hat? That's what I want to know when you're wearing that t-shirt. <laughs> Other way. <laughs> I want Tom's Bucks hat. That's sweet, dude. Got a gas How station. many fucking sports teams can you possibly root for? I mean, at this point, you might as well just root for all of them. No, I, mean, I only root for the good ones. You have no loyalty whatsoever. 
I'm very loyal. I'm very loyal. No, you're not at all. I am. You root for every team. I'm loyal to the the early '90s Bulls and the the now Bucks. Um, You just root for any team that's dominant. No, you're 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 a front runner, man. No, it's sure. just, no. I've just been a Cardinal fan for 25 years, and they've always been on. No, no not true, dude. I was a Bears fan. For Never heard anything about the years. Cardinals. Never heard anything about the Cardinals before they won. A- oh, oh. Then it was all Cardinals talk. When the when the when the White Sox were going to the World Series, then you were the biggest White Sox fan in the world. Uh, not Love the Bulls I mean, as long I mean, as they were winning. Love the Bears after they won a Super Bowl, and then. You know, Tom, this is just because Sal has nothing but hate in his heart. Now you're a Bucks fan and a, and a Brewers fan. In his heart. <laughs> I can root for the team of the city I live in. Oh, okay, sure. We all we, we all know how much I hate the Cubs, though. Um. All right, is that it? Are we good? I think we're good. All right, I'm uh, done with you and your right. and your disloyalty, sir. You have no loyalty. <laughs> I came back to this shit podcast, didn't I? <laughs> this shit show? Yeah. Try it's to terrible show. It with your with your silly bits. Mm-hmm. Sonic Surgery. The bit is mine. <laughs> the bit. Get ready. How long were you with them? And that's the la- that's the only thing you contributed? That's the only thing I contributed. That and I fell asleep a couple episodes. <laughs> All right, I'm starting the In the meantime, three times be everywhere in and around Ghana. Comics.